All right. Now, my name is John. I'm the, the worship pastor here at New Philadelphia Church. I love being the worship pastor at New Philadelphia Church. It's just an awesome environment. Uh, so awesome to have Brother Brian Kim, Pastor Brian Kim, leading praise here uh, tonight and the, and, the, and the team. And we're so blessed with the atmosphere of, of just the, the growing thickness of the presence of God in and among us as we worship. And everyone's, everyone's feeling that. Everyone's sensing that. And it's just exciting to, and to be a part of this in this hour for what God's doing in this, in this time. And as Pastor Christian and Pastor Aaron come back and they release uh, the new things that, that have been released into them and, and uh, for them and over them this past couple of weeks, it's only going to yeah, get more and more exciting. And, and we are going places, beloved. The Lord is leading us places. And tomorrow morning, uh, it's going to be great with uh, Furnace. Tomorrow afternoon, it's going to be awesome with uh, the preacher training. How many of you guys are preaching tomorrow? Come on. Come on, that's an awful lot of you. Are you, are you guys doing all right? Yeah, a bit of nerves. We, we've uh, rejected nerves. We've broken that off. That's, we are bold and courageous. The righteous are as bold as a lion. You're all righteous. You're all bold as a lion. And God has uh, big things in store for you for tomorrow, big things in store for us. I'm looking forward to just like, like receiving for five hours, you know? I... Uh, I don't get to preach tomorrow. Uh, Pastor Christian said the preaching pastors are not going to do that. But we get to listen and to take notes and to give feedback and to just be blessed and receive. I'm actually looking forward to that. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, looking forward to that for tomorrow. Tonight, we are going to talk about eyesight. Uh, yeah, eyesight. We're going to talk about seeing and what it looks like to see and what that takes. Because eyesight is really important. When I was in eighth grade, I got my first pair of glasses. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how I discovered that I needed glasses. I was probably in a school class in middle school, and I couldn't see what was written on the board. And, and I told my parents, and I was just like, I, I, it's time to get glasses or something in my eyes checked and find out what I need uh, to help me see better. Uh, but how many people here either wear glasses or contact lenses right now. Oh, my goodness. You would never think it because so many people are wearing contacts. How many people here have, have had LASIK done, laser, laser eye surgery? LASIK, that's Korean. LASIK. Okay. Yeah, in, in eighth grade, it, things changed for me, and I started wearing glasses, and I could see better, and, and that helped me playing hockey because I, was, I actually grew up playing goal, and I didn't realize how bad my eyes were until I got glasses and I could actually see the puck flying at me uh, at that point uh, because before I was having trouble stopping it. And all of a sudden, wow, I can, I can see the puck. This is amazing. I didn't know life was supposed to be this way. I could see. Uh, but I, I discovered recently that it's actually possible to regain your sight using natural means. Have you heard about this? Like, not through laser eye surgery, but through natural means, you can actually regain your eyesight. Are you guys interested in that? Okay. Apparently, like, you could actually get to 20-20 vision through natural means. And this happens through eye-strengthening exercises. Okay? I'm going to teach you a little bit about eyes and about eye-strengthening exercises here tonight. Uh, 
this this is really recent to me. I, I just came across this recently. Actually, uh, yeah, very recently. I'm going to give you four different exercises to start to just to strengthen your eyes. Just briefly, I just want to outline these for you. You guys are probably interested. I'm interested. I don't really like wearing glasses. Uh, occasionally, I wear contacts. We're, we're going to try a few exercises really quickly. Okay, are you ready? The first exercise is called side to side. Okay, so this is what you do. You move your eyes from side to side. Okay, don't move your head. Just move them from side. Everyone do that just for like 10 seconds. Side to side. It hurts? Okay, don't overdo it. Just like, just do it. Do it gradually, do it slow. Okay, just remember that for later. Side to side. Okay? The second one? No. Paint the fence. No, it's, it's, it's not that. It's called eye rolling. Okay, now, now don't, don't like do this hard, but you know like when you, when you roll your eyes at someone because, you know, you're, you don't like what they're saying or you just want to let them know that, communicate to them that you don't appreciate something they did. Uh, you just roll your eyes. Everyone roll your eyes back and forth. Okay. So again, take that home. Practice rolling your eyes. That's the second, second exercise. Very simple exercises. Third exercise is called visual push-ups. You're doing push-ups with your eyes, okay? So what you do, you take like a pen or pencil, okay? And what you're doing, you put it uh, less, maybe a foot away from your face, and you focus your eyes on the tip of it, okay? And then you bring it slowly closer to your eyes until you see double. You see two of those pens or pencils. Then go back until it's in focus, and then go until it's double. Back and forth. Jamie, you'll get it later. It's okay. Okay, visual eye push-ups. Or yeah, you can use a, you can use a finger if you want. Lastly, this is number four. It's called near and far. So you want to first focus your eyes on something that is a few feet in front of you, like Matthew Cole. And then focus your eyes on something that's a few meters in front of you, like Luna O. Back and forth. Back and forth. Back and forth. Okay? And... This is what, this website, I'm not, I don't know how credible this is, but apparently, that's just what I'm saying. There are, more, there are a number of websites out there that are saying, it's not just one thing out there. They're saying that you can actually, these are recent, uh, apparently recent scientific discoveries, that you can actually significantly improve your eyesight through eye strengthening exercises. Now, the problem with that is that you probably shouldn't wear your glasses too much, and you usually need your glasses to you know, to do everyday sorts of things, to get around, to see things, to drive, that sort of thing. But the point is, you, you could actually strengthen your eyes. You could regain, potentially, 20-20 eyesight without laser eye surgery. You guys impressed? 
I was impressed. I saw that. I'm like, I I don't really need glasses. I want to get my eyes better. But what I really want to talk about tonight is, is not actually strengthening your physical eyes in your head, but strengthen, strengthening the eyes of your heart. We're going to talk about strengthening your spiritual eyesight. Because you could have, you know, great spiritual, if you have great physical sight, but if your spiritual eyes are bad, it's not going to do you too much good. It's far better to have poor physical sight and great spiritual sight than it is to have great physical sight and poor spiritual sight. And I'm going to direct us right now to 2 Corinthians 4. The Apostle Paul touches on this here. Second Corinthians 4, looking at verse 16, we'll just go to verse 18. And I will read it out. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. The Apostle Paul here is saying your spiritual sight is far, far more important than your physical sight. Because with your physical eyes, you see things that are going to be here for a few years, then they're going to ultimately pass away. But with your spiritual sight, you will see things that are eternal, that are lasting, that are not fading away. And that's really what I feel like more than anything else. That's the book of Second Corinthians. Paul is saying over and over again in this letter to the, the believers in Corinth, he's saying, learn to see things rightly, especially chapters 3 to chapter 7. Paul is saying, see your situation rightly. See your trials rightly. See your neighbor rightly. See the people around you rightly. Learn to see them according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. He's saying, stop looking at people, at, at situations, at things according to the flesh and see everything according to the Spirit. You need to do this. Because here's the thing. As Satan would love for you to see everything in the flesh. If he can get you to see your life and your situation, the people around you in the flesh, then he succeeded. Because that's his domain, is the flesh. But God's heart is for you to see everything in the spirit. And Paul says later in chapter 5, he says, we, we don't see anyone, we don't look at anyone now according to the flesh. We are looking at everyone according to the Spirit. And what that really means is we're going to see everything. We're set on seeing everything the way God sees it. 
We're done seeing things just with our physical eyes. We need to see what God sees when he looks at situations, when he looks at people, when he looks at us. And so what I want to do today, as I just gave you four simple exercises for strengthening your physical eyes, I am now going to give you four simple exercises for strengthening your spiritual eyes. All right? Very simple exercises. Okay? Are you ready for them? Okay. First simple exercise for strengthening your spiritual eyesight is to ask the Lord for revelation. Simply ask him. This is what, what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 1. He says, he, he prays for the, the believers in Ephesus that, that uh, the eyes of their heart would be enlightened to know the hope to which they've been called to know God's glorious inheritance in the saints and the incomparably great power that is for those believers. Paul's saying, I'm praying. I'm not just praying once. I'm going to pray this over and over again for you in Ephesus that your spiritual eyes would be opened and that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation unto a knowledge of him. Paul is saying, I desire for you to see rightly, for you to see in the spirit. And I'm asking God for that. I'm just going to ask God to give you that over and over and over again for him to open your eyes. Beloved, it's good to ask the Lord to open your eyes and give you spiritual eyesight. Just ask him. Just ask him because the Lord desires for all of us to see more and more clearly in the spirit. I want to turn to, to 2 Kings 6 just to illustrate this. Turn your Bibles with me. 2 Kings 6. It's a great passage. Actually, some of you might be preaching it tomorrow. Who's who's preaching this passage tomorrow? Second Kings six. All right, Eunice, Eunice Leah's very good. I'll be waiting for uh, yeah for the revelations that God's given you in this passage. Okay, uh, chapter six. Uh, what's happening in chapter six, starting from verse eight, just to give a bit of a summary: the king of Israel is at war with the king of Syria at this time. And and the king of Syria is getting foiled over and over and over again in this war because there is a prophet in Israel named Elisha who is continually, because he's in communication with God, he's continually tipping off the king of Israel as to where the king of Syria is and what he's going to do. So Elisha has inside information on what the king of Syria is going to do simply by being connected to God. Okay? The king of Syria finds out about this. He finds out there is a prophet who, by, by the spirit of God or whoever, is, is stumping us and foiling us time after time after time. We're losing all these battles because of this one man and his communication with God. So we need to kill him. And so the king of Syria sends like this big army to capture one man. Because this one man is destroying his nation. So he sends a whole army, and, uh, and one day that army approaches the place where Elisha is and his, and his servant. I'm going to pick this up in verse 15. It says, When the servants of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. 
Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike this people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. And Elisha said to them, This is not the way, and this is not the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. And he led them to Samaria. What a bizarre situation. Can, do you guys have a picture of that? This massive army is going to capture this one man. And, and this one man, is he's just full of confidence in the Lord. And they, they end up getting to where he is. And he asks God to strike the whole army with blindness. God strikes the whole army with blindness. And, and Elisha says, uh, you're at the wrong place, but let me show you where you need to go. He leads the whole army somewhere completely different while they're blinded. God does these sorts of things. Like that's, is that cool? I think that, I think that's really cool. Anyways, it's, what I'm, what I want to emphasize here is that the hills around Elisha, it says here, were filled with chariots and horses of fire. Elisha's servant didn't see it. In the natural, it was impossible to see it. But all Elisha did was ask the Lord, Lord, open his eyes. Just open his eyes to see. To really see. Not see with your, your physical eyes. Because those are less important. But help him to see with his spiritual eyes. Help him to really see. The Lord opened his eyes. And he saw all around Elisha. He saw, for real, that, that those who were with them were more than those who were with the Syrians. And it makes me wonder how often if, if God just, like, for real, opened our eyes, what would we see? In this room, what would we see? And there are some among us who just, like, they, they have, with ease, they see what's going on in the spiritual realm. Angels uh, in the room doing different things of different kinds, different, different sizes, that sort of thing. But there is angelic activity happening around us all the time. If we could actually have eyes to see it, you know? And just ask the Lord, Lord, open my eyes. Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation that I would see, that I would know. Again, this is something that when the Apostle Paul, when he, when he wrote this and prayed this in Ephesians 1, it wasn't like it was a one-time thing where when he was writing it, he just kind of happened to pray it while he was writing it. Lord, open the eyes of the Ephesians that they would, you know, to, unto a knowledge of you. It was something he was continually praying to them. Lord, open their eyes. Open their eyes. Lord, open their eyes. Help them to, to really see. Yeah, it, the Colossians, so the Church of Colossae, he says it a little bit different. He says, give them an understanding of my will. But it's the same sort of idea. Help them to see. Help them to see. Help them to see. Beloved, that's the first exercise you can take on and practice for strengthening your spiritual eyesight, it's just asking the Lord, Lord, help me to see. It's, this is so valuable for a ministry setting, especially, where you just ask the Lord, Lord, what, what are you doing in the room right now? What, what do you want me to see right now? What's, what's actually happening around me now? And the Lord loves to answer. He loves to give us, like, even if we don't see, he loves to give us impressions in our hearts. This is what I'm doing. So important. So important. 
practice it. It's something you can do continually over and over again, just like the physical eye exercises. Do it over and over again, and you will improve your spiritual eyesight. The second thing, second exercise for improving your spiritual eyesight is using common sense. Okay? And this, yeah, I, I, I can't overemphasize common sense. And because in the church so often we, we set aside common sense. And like in like really charismatic environments often that, that can be the case. We just, we don't like to use, com I mean, not we, but people, I made myself in trouble here. I mean, in certain settings we can, we can say, well, you don't really need common sense. You just do things according to the spirit. But the thing is that common sense is spiritual. We need to understand that you need both. You need to use what God's given you. And what I mean by this is really spiritual common sense. Like understanding like the very basic things about who God is and using that to live in response. Like, you know, just, just at the very basic level, who is God? You know, even apart from what you, what you even learn in the Bible, you know, who is God? If you just knew that God was the creator of the heavens and the earth, that's all you knew about God. What then would that do to your life if you really understood it and applied it to every part of your life? You know, what would that look like if that's all you knew about God? I'm going to turn us to Isaiah 40. Turn your Bibles to Isaiah 40. And, and Isaiah deals with this. He's, he's trying to help the Israelites use spiritual common sense in their time of discouragement. Isaiah 40, looking at verse 12. We're going to read 12 to the end of the chapter. Uh, in ESV, let's do it back and forth. I'll do the even, and you all do the odd. You ready? Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and marked off the heavens with a span, enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains and scales, and the hills in a balance? Whom did he consult, and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice, and taught him knowledge, and showed him the way of understanding? Lebanon would not suffice for fuel, nor, its, nor are its beasts enough for a burnt offering. To whom then will you liken God, or what likeness compare with him? He who is too impoverished for an offering chooses wood that will not rot. He seeks out a skilled craftsman to set up an idol that will not move. It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, 
Who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in? Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows on them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these, who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young, men's, and young men shall fall exhausted. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so Isaiah, is, he's using spiritual common sense, and he gets a bit sarcastic. I don't know if you catch the tone. Uh, uh, you know, if God can be sarcastic. He's, he's doing this through the prophet Isaiah. Do you not know? I, I don't. Don't you know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? You know, later in, in, uh, in verse 20, have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary in his understanding. No one can fathom. Just at a very basic level, this is who God is. And so if we really viewed our situations in the light just of who God is in a basic level, we would see things very differently if we did this consistently. If we just said, this is who God is next to my situation. Here is my situation. Here is God. You know, here, here is my situation. And here is God, the creator of the ends of the earth. What can he not do? We need to start saying, like, if, if he is God, then he can deal with my situation. If he is God, then he can provide for my needs. He is God, beloved. He is Jehovah. He is the provider of all. He is the creator of the ends of the earth. He knows all the stars by name. So he probably knows about me and everything that I'm going through. He probably understands that because he knows everything. He is God, just on the very basic foundational level. Just that spiritual common sense. He is God. That's it. He is God. In, in, in Psalm 62, the psalmist, he adds some, one, one more thing. I love this combination because I think this combination covers everything. He says at the end of Psalm 62, he says, One thing you have spoken, two things I have heard, that you, O Lord, are strong and that you, O God, are loving. Those two things combined mean everything. Just that, that very basic foundation. If you know that God is all-powerful and you know that God is all-loving, 
that he has your best interest in mind, that he, he knows everything. That covers all of it. If we would just meditate on those two truths and really get it, we would see things very differently in our lives. If we, if we just went back there over and over and over and over again and actually got it, he's strong and he's loving. Do you not know? Have you not heard? It's, it's spiritual common sense, beloved. Just exercising that over and over and over and over and over again. Childlike faith. Just doing it because this is who God is. Okay? That's the second one. We're going to move on. Third exercise for strengthening your spiritual eyesight. It's going to rock you. This is really, really, uh, it's, it's pretty incredible. It's, it's this. Believe what the Bible says. Like, please, just, just believe what the Bible says. I was listening to, all the preachers here were listening to Joel Osteen just like last week. I'd, I'd never listened to a full Joel Osteen message before. But I listened, like this, it was, it was really good. And he starts it, I've heard this before from other people. Everyone, those who know it with me, this is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Amen? I mean, Joel Osteen comes under a lot of heat from a lot of people, but that, that's, that's bang on. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't get, any more simple and straightforward and true than that. that that's it. That's it. And for those of you who have been on missions, you've had the blessing and the joy of memorizing. What have you memorized? Our identities in Christ. Pastor John Michael Becker. How many are there now? Okay. There, I mean, there are more than, I mean, it's not an exhaustive list. But it's... Uh, We've been memorizing these identities. This is who we are. I am holy and blameless. I am the bride of Christ. I am a branch of the true vine. I am fearless. I am unstoppable. All of these I am's, right? From, and all it is, is the Bible. If Pastor John Michael publishes that, it's, it's still okay because you can do that, but it's like, this is, this, it's the Bible, you know? Believe what it says about you. Believe what it says about your situation. Believe what it says about the people around you. Believe what it says about your family, about your workplace, about your church, about your destiny, everything. Just believe it. Live it out. Like it's, it's as simple as that. If you exercise that over and over, you have, first you have to read the Bible, right? Okay, if, if you don't read it, you, you can't, you can't do it. That's the first step to this exercise. Read the Bible. Believe what it says. Apply it to your life. Do it over and over and over again, and your spiritual eyesight is going to improve. It's going to strengthen. Just take something that simple. Uh, we're gonna gonna move quickly now. Just just the fourth one. Uh, move right along. That was the third one. Believe what the Bible says. Fourth one. I love the fourth one. Very important to me. Fourth exercise for strengthening your spiritual eyesight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You have to praise the Lord. You know, the more often you, you praise, you get into a habit of praising the Lord, 
your spiritual eyesight is going to improve. Because what happens when you praise the Lord is you begin to see God for who he really is, and you begin to your, see your situation for what it really is, just by simply praising the Lord. We know Psalm 22 says God inhabits the praises of his people. God manifests his presence where people are praising him. And where God manifests his presence, everything changes. The presence of God changes everything. Absolutely everything. That's what transforms cities. That's what transforms nations, is the presence of God. God manifesting himself among us. Okay? It's just taking like whatever situation you're in. You, you can praise the Lord anytime, every time, because God does not change, beloved. We change and our situations change, but God does not change. We worship God. Two reasons we worship God. We worship him because of who he is, and we worship him because of what he has done. Those are the two reasons we worship God, and those things don't change. God, He's not like shifting shadows. He, he doesn't change. We praise the Lord, and you begin to see things in the Spirit when you praise the Lord. It, op- it opens up your eyes. I... um. I mentioned this like a, I think a couple of years ago. This this illustration, the story, uh, but I'll say it again because it, it was really meaningful for me at the time. Uh, it was a number of years ago, and I'd been taking these trips into China, into uh, Tibetan regions of China, up in the Hil- Himalayas. And and for one of these trips that I went on, uh, one of the elders, yeah, one of the elders in the church that I was being sent from. Uh, pulled me aside. Actually, he gave me a, a call. And he said, John, I hear you're going into these regions. Uh, I, I want you to take in some material for me into China, into these regions. And knowing full well that it was completely illegal to do such things. Um, but, uh, but he asked if I would consider it. And, uh, and so I, I went and I talked with my team about it. And we decided, we felt like the Lord was saying, yeah, do it, go for it take these materials in with you, uh, I'm with you. And we were all pretty scared because, I mean, whether you get thrown into jail or just thrown out of the country or, or you, you compromise, more than anything really, you compromise the missionaries that you work with when you, uh, when you get caught with these things and their work. And, uh, but we felt like God was with us for it. And so we, we hid these things as well as we could in our luggage and, um, and, uh, and we board the plane. We get into China. We, we fly into Beijing. And Beijing Airport, I don't know if you guys were there before the Olympics. Uh, if, you've ever, if you flew, flew into Beijing International Airport before the Olympics, a very different place than it is now. It was kind of a scary place back then. It was, uh, I mean, the airport was totally different, but the people who worked there were different. And I realized as I flew back the following year when the Olympics were happening, and like people were complete, like smiles everywhere. We are friendly. We're going to show the world that we are really friendly in China. We're really friendly, and we love everyone. And uh, but before that, it wasn't that way. It was it was a really scary environment. And I remember getting really nervous, getting, taking my my luggage through customs and everything. And uh, and I was I was starting to get paralyzed by fear. And I didn't want to show I was afraid. So I showed I was afraid. Then it would tip them off, and then they they'd search on my luggage and everything. And um, and so I just felt the Lord say in that place, I felt him say, John, just start praising me. 
yeah, I guess I can do that. I mean, I can praise the Lord. And I said, under my, under my breath, I just started praising the Lord. Cause you don't want to say things too loud in places like China to, you know, to, uh, to get you in trouble. But I started, I started praising the Lord more under my breath. And as I did, it just, it didn't take more than a few minutes. And I, I felt totally different and I saw the situation totally different. I was looking at it with fear before then. Just through praising the Lord, God began to manifest His presence around me and within me. And I started to see things completely different. And by the time I got to customs, I, I couldn't keep the smile off my face. It was, I was just, I was just really happy. And I was smiling and, and there were actually, there were some close calls after that. But, but the Lord kept me in a place of peace as I was praising Him. Just praising, it, it changed me completely when I started praising the Lord. I started to see rightly. Instead of seeing with my eyes, my physical eyes, I saw with my spiritual eyes. I, I found this over and over and over again in my life. And it's not a natural thing, right? I mean, we don't just naturally wake up in the morning. Most of us, I'm pretty sure, don't naturally wake up in the morning and just start praising the Lord, you know? But it is the absolute best thing for you. It shifts everything. If you want to shift any environment that you find yourself in, praise the Lord. You will immediately begin to shift the environment just by simply praising Him. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Even even last night, uh, I was at K1 last night. And I was I was feeling I was feeling kind of overwhelmed with things that were going on, and uh, and I was sitting down. We were doing a sound check, and and the the singers and musicians last night were just just Susie and myself, and uh, and I sat down, and and Susie just looked at me and she asked, Pastor John, are you okay? And she, <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. I, apparently, I, I, I think she was probably seeing in the spirit, seeing something that was like happening to me. And, uh, and we, we did a bit more, and she looked at me again, Pastor Sean, you sure you're okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm okay. But I was feeling a lot of pressure. And, uh, and then we gathered with the team just beforehand to pray. And, and right as we gathered beforehand to pray, I got a text message from Pastor Myunghwa right then. And it was not good news. And it was like, it was like, it was something that was like significant and had to, I felt like had to be done right away. And I was already feeling a lot of pressure. And I, like, I, for those of you, I, whoever was here, like praying with, with us beforehand, I was trying to pray, but I was like, I feel so much pressure right now, you know? And, uh, but, but all it took, we just got into the set at K1. And if you've been to K1, you know, it's a beautiful place. It's a consecrated place. You should all come out to K1 and be transformed by the Lord because it's a beautiful place and the Lord's presence is there. But all it took was just, just praising the Lord with the saints, with the brothers and sisters in that place. And it, it actually, it took a few minutes. Honestly, it took a few minutes convincing myself what I was singing was true. Susie probably sensed that. But once I broke through, just started to praise the Lord, it was such an amazing time. Beloved, just start praising the Lord because He is good and His love endures forever. That is a spiritual exercise you can practice anytime, anywhere. All of these exercises for strengthening your spiritual eyesight, you can practice anytime, anywhere. Again, the first one is just to simply ask God 
for revelation. Ask him to open the eyes of your heart. Just ask him. Get in the habit of asking him. The second one is to use spiritual common sense. Just see things in the light of, of who God is, at a, even at a very basic level. The third one is believe what the Bible says. I almost forgot it. Just simply believe what it says and live it out. Remember Joel Osteen. This is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Keep that in mind. Apply it to your life. And the fourth one is simply to praise the Lord. Like the exercises for your physical eyes, again, you can do them anytime, anywhere, but you have to keep doing them. If I were to do these exercises, like with this pen, I, I might do it, do it tonight and, and feel like, wow, I, I accomplished something, but then tomorrow forgotten about it and never actually exercised. Even if I did it for a week and stopped doing it, it wouldn't make any difference to my eyes. In the same way, if you were to practice these sporadically for your spiritual eyesight or just once in a while, it wouldn't make that much difference. But if you were to do them consistently, exercising your spiritual eyesight, you would begin to see more and more clearly in the spirit. And beloved, I really feel that's on the Lord's heart, is for us to be people who see in the spirit, who do not see according to the flesh, who learn to shift in the spirit every single time it is necessary, always able to shift in the spirit, always ready to see with spiritual eyesight. Because that helps us to keep everything in perspective. We learn to see from eternal, in, in, with eternal eyes what God's actually doing, who we actually are, and what our situations are. God wants us to be that people. Let's pray. Let's just pray for a few minutes.